Boy, oh boy, how about those Marlins? Locked on Marlins today coming at you immediately post-game in Game 3 against the Phils, and somehow the Marlins hang on for dear life there. Get the win. They avoid the sweep. It would have been back-to-back sweeps against the Phillies. Absolute pain there for the fish, no doubt about it. But I am delighted to have Ethan Badowski joining me today, recapping not just on the Phillies, but we're going to get into some bigger, bigger themes, no doubt about it, on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, of course, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, guys. Twitter's where the action's at. No Instas, no TikToks, none of that. At Mammy Marlins underscore UK. Subscribe to the pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please do. If you are watching, you will see I am melting. Do you know why? It's 90 degrees here in the UK and we have no AC. There is no AC in residential properties here in the UK. So I am melting away. I don't think Tanner Scott helped that situation either, but nevertheless, Ethan Badowski, after a, a couple of month hiatus from uh, Lockdown Marlins, returns. Ethan Badowski, how we doing, brother? Good, brother. I cannot believe, as you guys would say over there, that is absolutely mad that you guys do not have air conditioning in residential properties. It is air conditioning. Coming from South Florida, growing up in South Florida, I can 100% wholeheartedly say it is the greatest invention of all time. And it's just crazy to me that European countries just refuse to install it anywhere. But Refuse to. We're too far gone. But yeah, I mean, the heat, the heat has been high this week, no doubt yeah. about it. And oh boy, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm struggling. But I'm keeping hydrated, as you may have seen on Twitter, guys. So I have to call out another health warning. Not only am I melting, I've also had a few beers and wines. So if there's a few slurred lines... You know why. But nevertheless, I feel like that puts me in the perfect mental state there you go. for this conversation. I, I messaged Ethan, you know, earlier in the week and said, listen, brother, it's time. And he just went, Pete, I've been waiting for this call. So, uh, you know, we're ready to rock and roll. Ethan, let's just start with that game that we've mm-hmm. just both the, you know, sat there watching and enjoying, kind of. Um, it was a bit of a rodeo there with Tanner Scott at the yeah. end, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty descriptive of what the Marlins have been all year, Pete, right? You get a great start from one of your extremely talented starting pitchers. You scrap together a couple runs because the offense can't do anything consistent. And then the bullpen comes in and nearly screws it all up, right? And on some days, I mean, you're fully expecting Scott to just leave 99 down the middle of the plate. And Matt Veerling or Garrett Stubbs or one of these random guys just takes him 479 feet, right? Hitting the ball to New Jersey. And uh, you're, you're just fully expecting that at this point because that is what has happened so many times for the Marlins this year. Because, of course, as we all know, they refuse to spend a single cent uh, adding to the bullpen. They traded for Scott. They traded for Sulzer. Uh, I guess you could say they spent some money on Richard Blyer, but we've seen how that's gone this year. Um, they they refuse to improve the bullpen, and we've seen how spending money in other areas of the team went, right? We'll mm-hmm. get to that in a minute, oh I'm sure. But no, it's pretty no, no, descriptive no. of what the Marlins have been. Now they're, what, 10 under? I, I, I can't remember. The last time I looked at the standings, they were 10 under. I think they've lost two. So I guess they're 11 under now. I mean, they're right back where they started, Pete, and it's really just um, frustrating, infuriating, disappointing. All the words that you want to use to describe this season uh, uh, are, you know, acceptable. 
you've summed it up perfectly. This game in itself just is a microcosm. Yep. I didn't think I'd use the word microcosm in this episode, but I'm glad I did. And also I'm glad I didn't <laughs> botch it up either. So I, I said it well. That's it's impressive. Um but it is a microcosm of this Marlin season. Absolutely. You know, starter gets gets you know good start out of them. You know, not a quality start per se, but it was a quality start. Like Eddie Cabrera's, you know, I mean, on he gets one more there. out, and it's and it's technically, you know, it's it's a quality start. So exactly. And uh, I want to. I'll ask you about Eddie shortly. But you know, the, the starter gives them what they look for. The offense blow blew an opportunity. The first you think, can you just get in there and bust this game open early doors? Can you do anything just to get nope. you know give you give yourself a cushion? No. Mm-hmm. Double plays, okay. Scrap together a few runs, and the bullpen comes in, and it's just a rodeo, and you just see what happens, and you just hope and, and pray. And Craig Mish has been saying it all year. Like, you do have to watch these Marlins games right to the end. Like, mm-hmm. win or loss, like, there's action because mm-hmm. it's so volatile back there. It really is. And, you know, it's crazy. You know, it's it's wild. It's wild. And, and you know, that game just you know does sum it up. Like you said, you know, last time we were in this situation, I think Stubbs hit a walk-off homer, I think, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, yep. you know, so uh, it's funny. They, they actually pinch hit for him. I was shocked. I think, actually, uh, Paul Severino on the broadcast was shocked, too, because of, obviously, the, the history there. But, you know, nevertheless. I think there's been two this year. There was an afternoon game, and then there was obviously mm. the one with the sandy water bottle and, you know, yeah. all that madness. So they've yeah, done yeah. it a couple times up in Philly this year, Pete. And yeah. uh, you were just... Sitting there waiting for it to happen again, weren't you? You were. You, I, I mean, they would have really set the the table for this episode, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, Ethan, I want. There's a few things I want to get into specifically, but like as we sit here right now, I've been dwelling on this for the last couple of days in particular. We're in year five of this rebuild yeah. now, yeah. and as you look across the Marlins at the major league level, there are so yeah. many problems that we can see. So many unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. Just. Just how disappointing is this? That you know, and how how quickly things feel like they've gone sideways too for me. They felt like they were like right on the cusp of doing something, and it feels like it's gone heavily sideways real quick. Well, Pete, uh, that's become my new bit, right? As you see me tweeting out year five with the rebuild all the time, and I think the biggest um, indictment on what the Marlins have done and where the Marlins are is look at the Orioles. You know, mm-hmm. the Orioles are right in the thick of the AL wildcard race, and they started their rebuild at the same time, and theirs seemed much more monumental than the Marlins did, right? Mm-hmm. They were picking number one overall every year, and sure, that helps, you know, supplement the farm with talent, but the Marlins, it's not like they were picking far off from number one overall, and no. we've seen how their drafting has gone, Pete. I mean, you know, Max Meyer obviously looks like a really big stud, and uh, that was hugely disappointing when he went down with Tommy John surgery, but Khalil Watson can't can't get anything going, right? You were hoping maybe no. this year, you know, he starts in low A. Maybe he gets the Beloit at the end of the year. Now he's back down. You know, he was back down in the uh, Florida Complex League because of all the off-the-field issues going on there. J.J. Blade, I mean, look, I really like the way Blade has looked at the plate this year, you know, mm-hmm. so far in his short stint in the bigs. But it took him longer to get here than Riley Green, who was a few years younger than him. And I don't think he's flashed any... You know, the potential that Riley Green has flashed in his time in, in, in the big leagues. Um, the drafting has been disappointing in that sense, Pete. And they have just fallen behind some of these teams that are on the same timeline as them. Um, and now all of a sudden they're even, sorry, they're even more behind this year uh, because they I, I feel like they took a step back almost, right? So they had this offseason where you think, okay, they're going to supplement some of these young pieces. 
with guys like Soler and and um, you know Abby Garcia, and obviously we've seen how that has gone. But mm-hmm. Jacob Stallings, you know, a lot of people were down on those signings at the time, but Jacob Stallings was a great acquisition. Um, you know, whether or not that's worked out, that was a great acquisition at the time. They got a guy who many people believed was a top 10 catcher, a gold glove catcher who, you know, should have given them at least some offense compared to what they had last year. Uh, and, and Joey Wendell has been a nice acquisition as well. Um, but still, at the end of the day, here we are, 100-something games in, Pete, and it's August, and Billy Hamilton and Luke Williams and Williams Ostadio, you know, some of these names that are getting starts um, in lineups, and you're just looking at it, and you're just thinking, like, where... I mean, today I'm sitting watching the game, and I'm thinking, this is actually arguably the most exciting they've been sorry they've been this year because um they have leblanc blade diaz and then i'm like oh right burdick is there now mm-hmm. you know so they've got four guys in the lineup that you actually like want to watch and you yeah. and you want to see because you want to see their development uh so this is about the most exciting that they've been because they've been throwing aguilar and you know, Sanchez and Garcia and De La Cruz and all those guys out there that you just have no interest in watching on a daily basis. Um, but now they're actually letting these young guys play. And I think that it's more than about time because you got to yeah. figure out what you have for 2023 in a lot of these guys. You do. That, that, I think that's the key thing is like there's there's so many guys, you know, that are on the peripheral here that you're thinking, OK, are they are they going to be part of next year and beyond and, and mm-hmm. clearly like jesus sanchez is one of those guys he's down in triple a mm-hmm. now so you know wait and see how that plays out but he's going to be out of options so mm-hmm. you know what does that mean for him lewin diaz is in the same spot like lewin let's be honest like i mean overall in my opinion they've completely mismanaged lewin diaz they've a hundred percent you know they've messed around with him so badly haven't they and and okay and you know the numbers haven't been great when he's been up but with lewin what what he needed was just plug him in. I hope they finally get around to that now, and it, you know maybe mm-hmm. they will. But I'm just not convinced they will, to be honest, because Aguilar's yeah. still hanging around. And yeah, you know, I I I said on yesterday's pod, I kind of came on here with a solo pod and just rolled it out. So listen, I think the Marlins are out, and Jesus Sanchez I think they're out, and Lewin Diaz. I think they're both gone mm-hmm. uh, this after mm-hmm. the you know in this off season. They're either mm-hmm. DFA'd and moved, or some kind of trade happens. But I think the Marlins are out on those guys, which is wild considering where we were at with both of them guys a year mm-hmm. ago. And this comes, mm-hmm. this is it for me, Ethan. Like, this is what really deeply troubles me. Pitching, development, everything sensational. Hitting is completely the opposite. If you're yeah. number one or two in the league of hitting, uh, sorry, pitching development, you're number 30 or 29 in, mm-hmm. in, in hitting development. <laughs> what what can the Marlins do to change this? Like, I just, it, it's so wild that it, this has carried on year after year, and we've seen this. The yeah. Marlins haven't been able to do anything from a hitting perspective, and we're still here. I think the biggest thing, Pete, is they showed it in the draft where they're going to approach developing their organization by developing pitching in-house because they know that's their strength, right? So mm. in, in the draft, we're all calling for them to take a bunch of hitters, take a bunch of hitters, take a bunch of hitters. And yeah. what do they do? They went all pitchers basically, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's and you're standard. saying, well, why? Because that's what they do best. You know, mm. go with what your strength is. If your strength is pitching, then develop pitching in-house and then bring in, you know, trade make trades from that pitching stockpile 
for uh, Bass. You know, look what yeah. they did with Zach Pop and Andrew Bass, or sorry, Anthony Bass, you know, and, and going out and getting Gordon Gro- uh, Gordon Grosha, Jordan Groshans, you know. <laughs> Um, they they got to do more stuff like that, Pete. They got to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. You know, we've been calling for them to go out and get this star center fielder because they were running Jesus Sanchez out there and Brylan De La Cruz and, you know, whoever it may be. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, that didn't work out for them. And they're still not being aggressive. They weren't aggressive at the deadline at all. No. Uh, they made, what, one trade, right? You know, one. and yeah. they didn't move Brian Anderson. They didn't move... Jorge Soler. They didn't move Jesus Aguilar. I don't know if they think those guys are part of the future or what, or if they just really couldn't find anything for them. But if they had plans on moving them and then they didn't move them at the deadline, don't you think they would have just like DFA to Aguilar? But they refused to open the checkbook and just eat some salary. That's the biggest thing, Peter. They're going to have to open the checkbook at some point. You can't the Rays, you, you, you can't follow the Rays model because the Rays model, the, the Rays don't win the World Series. Like the furthest they've gotten is what, game six of the World Series? Uh, you know, I say this all the time. I love Moneyball. That movie about, you know, that movie is wonderful. It's a great movie. I love it. But the A's always lose in the end. They yeah. always lose. That formula <laughs> does not work. What works is a mix of that as well as opening the checkbook and being aggressive in trades mm. when you have to. Pete, I've done a lot of um, reading this summer, and a lot of the books that I've been reading have been kind of um, learning about the intricacies of front offices, right? So I read one book about the building of the 2018 Red Sox that won the World Series, the 2017 Astros, the 2016 Cubs. These are the kinds of books that I've been reading. One thing that all those teams had in common is when it was time to win, right? They started being aggressive. Yeah. You know, the Cubs went out and traded for Araldis Chapman. They saw they paid big money for Jason Hayward. Um, the Astros, you know, they were holding on to prospects and holding on to prospects, and then they said, "Screw it, we've got to go get Justin Verlander." You know, they weren't really spending big on anybody. They went out and they got Garrett Cole eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Red Sox. Uh, that was more of a homegrown team, you know, but they went out and they got J.D. Martinez and they paid J.D. Martinez big money, you know. So that's what all these teams have in common is that at some point they threw this prospect hugging aside and mm-hmm. they said, we've got to get aggressive and bring in elite MLB talent. And at some point, the Marlins have to go and do that, Pete, or else they're just going to be in this endless cycle where their ceiling is going to be. Uh, an NLDS appearance if everything comes together. Yeah. I think I want to go another level of question with you on this thread, but it's time for our first ad, and it is our good friends over at BlueNile.com. Ethan, I need to check. Are you married? You're not married, right? Uh, No, I'm not. No. Not married yet. Okay, good. This ad's for you then, brother. No doubt. So, okay, BlueNile.com. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement rings, or gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So if you're thinking about engagement, drop it on one knee. Blue Nile, they got simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, bigger is better, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Yes, each one is one of a kind. It's bespoke. Bespoke engagement rings for your bride-to-be. If you're thinking about once you've got the ring on it, and that's done. Then you're thinking about what I do next. Think about life special moments and find jewelry with BlueNile.com. And if you're having trouble choosing, don't worry. Blue Nile, they got experts on hand 24-7. They're sitting there waiting for your texts right now, phone or chat. 
to make and find a memorable gift every budget. So you can make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Going on right now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40%. That's four, zero, 40% classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging. It's not going to give away what's inside. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Ethan, I think if my girlfriend is listening to that, I'm going to get a call after. I was going to say, brother, you are bang in trouble now because not only is BlueNile.com sensational, but that ad was delivered like effortlessly. Yeah, that was the voice of an angel. (laughs) Um, Here's a quick follow-up. There's there's, there's tons we can get into here, and and I love the fact that you're really digging into, you know, the background, the stories around how successful teams are built. And like you said, there's a common theme. However... Are the Marlins ever going to spend money? Let's kind of get into that. Are they ever going to spend any dough? Like, or is it always going to be a bottom third payroll, do you think? That's not a question for me, Pete, unfortunately, because I don't have any sources really within the the Marlins organization. Um, You know, to be honest, I haven't been keeping up recently. I've had a lot going on. I've been all over the place working and traveling and stuff. And uh, But I did see that in a spaces recently, Craig suggested that he's not sure they're going to spend anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And that should be really, really concerning to Marlins fans. Because if they, they have another huge offseason in front of them, and if they're not going to go out and be aggressive and, and make trades, and they're going to run some version of this roster back, I mean, they cannot run. They cannot run this back, Pete. They have no to. No they way. have to make changes. If they run this back, there will be riots in downtown. My, I mean, not that people care enough about the Marlins. There will be riots <laughs> on Marlins Twitter. They um, will. That's if they, for sure. If they, yeah, if they run this team back, they have to make big changes. This is another crucial offseason for them. I'm getting sick and tired of franchise-defining offseasons in Miami, Pete. Mm-hmm. They've got to make the big moves, and if they don't, they will be find themselves in this cycle of mediocrity where, again, they're going to peak around 80, 85 wins if everything can come together. Um, but they're going to either have to find some gems from inside this organization, which this, you know, we've seen the hitting development not be great. Mm-hmm. So that is not promising. Um, or they're going to have to go out and, and explore other options. I'm with you. Is Kim Ang on the hot seat already? Could she be? Well, if you ask my Twitter mentions, um, she should be gone by now. Uh, you know, Kim Ang has been a Kim Ang has been a hot topic, um, and I kind of had this take that I wanted to share about the comments that uh, Eli shared the other day about, you know, there's there's nothing she can really do. Um, two things can be true at once, Pete. Kim Ang doesn't swing the bat, right? So she and, and neither does Don Mattingly. So at the end of the day, you know, all these people that. Um, constantly call for Kim and Don and this is their fault and you know they don't swing the bats they don't mm-hmm. make the pitches in this in the eighth inning that blow the game um you know it, it's not their fault in that sense right but Kim Ang you know we think we don't really I, I don't even know if we know for sure but we think that it's her team she's making the calls right so the second thing that can be true while it's also true that she doesn't swing the bat is that it's her that can determine the faith of this fate, sorry, of this team, right? Yeah. She could have made the big moves at the deadline. Um, she could have moved on from Avisayo Garcia already. She could have traded Jorge Soler, but she hasn't. 
Um, you know, she could have attached. We don't know what it would have taken, but she could have attached a product to, prospect to Avi Garcia and maybe gotten a team to bite. You know, yeah. I don't know if they tried to, uh, but it's something that could have happened. So, yes, it's true. She does not swing the bats. So there is nothing she can do when she brings in a guy that's supposed to perform, that's supposed to hit 20 to 25 home runs. And he turns into a slap hitter that is blooping balls to right field. Um <laughs> It, you know, there's nothing she can do about Jorge Soler's back. There's nothing she can do about Jazz Chisholm's back. Mm. Um, there's nothing she can do about Jacob Stallings' aggressive regression. Whatever has happened to Jacob Stallings this year is shocking. Yeah. There's nothing she can do about that. But she can change the course of this organization's future by going out and being aggressive. Yeah. And um, she hasn't done that yet. And sh- if if she doesn't this all season. And they run the same product back, then yeah, it's you know she. I, I think she gets another offseason, Pete. I mean, I, you know, they seem to trust her, and um, they you know it doesn't seem like there's going to be a shakeup anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So if it, you know, we'll see what happens with Don Mattingly. His contract is up, so mm-hmm. there's no point in firing him at this point, right? Um, no, no point. You know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with him in the offseason and whether he decides to come back or whether they find an agreement. Maybe he goes into the front office or whatever. Um, We'll see, but yeah, yeah I, you know, if if another off season goes by, I'm willing to give her another chance. But if the if another off season goes by and it's the same thing, you know, next year, then yeah, changes need to be made up and down the organization, which they already might be. Pete, you know, their hitting mm-hmm. development is really bad, and um, that is an organizational problem. It is. It definitely is. It the way when I think of Kim, mm-hmm. one of the first times, and and. We were probably together in the Zoom room, probably at this point when yep. you know Kim's there. One of the first questions he's asked about is Brian Anderson. Are you going to extend at that mm-hmm. point? You had the buzz, right? You're going to pay BA. That was the, mm-hmm. the the thread, right? We were all in on BA. Let's put a stake in the ground and let's extend anyone. You know, make a commitment. And she took a very passive mm-hmm. approach. To that hey, we're just going to see what happens. Actually, that turns out to be the right decision. So I have to call yep. that out. Like she made the right call, but. The approach was passive. I'm going to sit, wait, and see was the vibe I got from that. Okay, cool. And it worked in that situation. Then, speaking after the deadline, it felt to me we were sitting there waiting for calls. We're going to see what happens. Who's calling on Pablo? Like, was the vibe? Mm. Rightly or wrong, I don't believe that's exactly how things went down. But it felt passive again. Mm -hmm. Kim and her approach thus far has been quite passive they were passive with Starling Marte yeah. trying to extend him. Maybe arrogant. I don't know. Not sure. But they, they were passive. They left it too late. They made a good deal. Some of her trades, I believe, have actually been good. You know, oh, the I trades they've made. I, I, I think they've you. been good. So I think her trade eye is good. I like the, the deal they've done with Bass. But I want to see her crank up the dial on the aggressiveness mm-hmm. and realize yeah. the window we're in. you got Cy Young, Sandy going every five yeah. days. And you've got... You've got a, a below-average AAA lineup. Mm-hmm. The two can't coexist. They can't. <laughs> so. and, and speaking of past, you know, I think that's a perfect way to put it, and it brings up so many of the things that you know I kind of wanted to go into today. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking as I was talking about the lineup earlier with you know Blade and Burdick and Diaz they, and LeBlanc. They have been so passive you're right passive is the perfect yeah. word to describe it they were so reluctant to call so many of these guys up 
Correct. And it's working. Blade is playing pretty well. Burdick is playing pretty well. LeBlanc can't stop hitting. He had another hit. He's on a six-game hitting streak. Mm-hmm. He's got like five multi-hit games since he's been called up. And and they had Williams Ostadio playing over him. What are they doing? Eric Gonzalez. You know, they've been this the Starling Marte thing is the perfect example, Pete. Mm-hmm. They it took Craig Mish asking Starling Marte whether or <laughs> not did. he wanted to. He had had extension talks for them to even think about engaging in them. Finally, they engaged in them, and they weren't willing to give him money then at the deadline. Then they traded him, got the return, went into the offseason, and said, now we're ready to be aggressive with you, Starling. They gave mm-hmm. him a really good offer that had they offered it two months pre- prior... They wouldn't be in this situation. Imagine how much better this team would be if they had Starling Marte on it. He's a 3-4 win player. Exactly. And he and and the other thing is he would add just his presence in the lineup would bring so much because they need a jump starter guy at the top of the lineup. Him and Jazz when Jazz was healthy at the top of the lineup with the way Jazz was hitting the ball this year would have been yeah. tremendous. You know, that was their guy, Pete. They had the guy. The guy that they need to trade for was on their roster. And they said, no, we'll take our time. We'll see. We we don't. Maybe he'll take a hometown discount. We don't need to be aggressive. We don't need to give him this big offer. If that money was sitting there ready to go to Starling Marte in October, in November, whatever, whenever, December, I guess he signed right before the lockout, right? Okay, in December... Where was that money in 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 July? Why why wasn't he? Why weren't they willing to give it to him in July? Why did they lowball him in July? Because if they had just offered him that money then, he'd still be here in a Marlins yeah. uniform, and they'd be a much better team. They the, the piece yeah, that they're missing, the biggest piece that they're missing, was on their roster, and they let him go. And it's a that's that's the number one flaw of this organization right now is that they let their guy walk, Pete, and they're they've been chasing after him ever since. I completely agree. It's been chasing ghosts ever since, and you know the the problem is this is the the clear thing that position, that level of production, talent, offensively and defensively combined. They're like unicorns in many ways, yeah. and they had one. They made yeah. an amazing deal to go and get him again. Going back, I mean, this wasn't Kim Ang's deal. They traded fucking Caleb. Sorry, Caleb they Smith. Caleb Smith. He's terrible. Mate, it was, it was one of the best trades of all time. It, they pulled off a highway robbery, Pete. They did for the player that they needed. He was the exact player they needed, yeah. and they let him walk. It was. It is disastrous the way they handled that situation. Cannot say it enough. Completely agree. Can I also add, actually, no, I need to do an ad and then I want to come back and finish up on this thread because it is, it's something, it's a milestone moment for the Marlins. This, the way this all played out will haunt the Marlins maybe for a long, long time. But what, well, maybe what's haunted me is uh, drinking way too many beers and I have got an overworked liver, no doubt about that. But you know, it is what it is. But it's now easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. And that's all thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. These sound like my best friends. So Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting super nutrients like turmeric, beets, and artichoke extract. 
all of which works together to wake up a sluggish liver. <laughs> Sounds ideal. And turn it, here we go as well, and turn it into a toxin flushing and fat burning machine. Yes, sir. There you go. There you go. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low on energy all the time. Get that to the Marlins offense is what I say. Best of all, liver health formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. No short-terms, long-term. As a listener of Lockdown Marlins, you can try liver health formula risk-free today. And you get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. Uh, CurbFit, it's a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. This makes it the perfect complement to liver health formula. So here's what you got to do. Pretty simple, guys. You got to get liverhelp.com slash MLB. Did you get that one? Get liverhelp.com slash MLB. That rolls off the tongue, no doubt about it. You can claim your free bottle of CurbFit with your order. A reminder, get liverhelp.com slash MLB to get started now. Oof. If the Marlins continue at this pace, Pete, you're really going to need that one. I'm, uh, <laughs> I didn't drink before I got into baseball. It's only since I've been following the Marlins. I mean, I used to be teetotal before that, but nevertheless, I mean, you know, I've had a nice wine tonight. It's all good. There you go. Um, we were talking about Starling Marte. We um, and I've completely forgot what I was going to say now. So uh, you know, get, get liver help has, has taken me off course, um, which which I guess was to be expected. But it, it was a deal. No, I know what I was going to say. The the interesting bit, right? The when the the Mets and Marlins played each other this year, and you had earlier in the year anyway, and you had a massive embrace of mm-hmm. Jazz Starling Marte. You mm-hmm. go back to when the Marlins made the postseason in twenty twenty. What did you see? You saw images of Starling Marte in the mix, smoking cigars, being an absolute mm-hmm. clubhouse stud. That's the other thing for me. This yeah. clubhouse has gone sideways this year. Yeah. And Starling Marte, in my opinion, was a massive part of that clubhouse at that point. Cool dude. Point. Played it, you know, just a top dude. You can see Jazz loved him. And for me, I just feel like that's subtracted away. And I also have to call out, listen, offensive production? Okay, Brinson. Not the main dude, but I must say Brinson as the man and as a work ethic dude, top guy to have around your clubhouse, the type of guy that you need. Okay, you didn't get it always on the field that you wanted to see the results, but you could never knock Lewis Brinson's personality, Mm. work ethic, anything. Same with Starling Marte. Just look at Marte. He's like 30, what, 33, 34? Mm -hmm. He's absolutely ripped. No one else looks like Marte. So Mm. I think they've... You know, you've lost a couple of guys there, and it's been left kind of miggy, a bit rudderless there, trying to piece it together with Aguilar and, you know. And it's not only that, sideways. Peter, a lot of the, the the clubhouse just seems to be, like they got the football helmet thing, and we all know about the meeting that happened earlier this year. Hmm. It just It just seems like there's just no energy. No. You know? Lacks juice. The, 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 the team is just like running on fumes. They're not scoring any runs. I mean, the three runs is the most runs I've seen them score in probably, what, two weeks or something like that, it feels like. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it feels like they they're haven't averaging, scored They're averaging many. less than three three runs a game since, I think, the 1st of July, I think, and maybe even longer. Something Without like that. Jazz, this lineup has just gone completely. I mean, and, and Birdie, who was such a spark plug in June. Yeah. They have just lost it completely there's just no energy there's no energy at the state at the ballpark because nobody wants to go watch them so mm. they're never you know when they're down and out in a game they're down and out there's no energy to bring them back in any games there's just it's just a lifeless club it's a lifeless club 
I, I hate to, I like a lot of these guys and, you know, I've been around the team the last couple of years and, and I don't want to insult any of them. And, and I don't want to insult the team, the people around the team, because I know they care. I know that that team really cares, but there's just no life to this team. They're a lifeless ball club. And uh, it's it's resulted in them, you know, they're going to be a 70-win team this year probably. And, uh, you know, before the year, I probably said 70-75 wins was a target closer to 75-80. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know what the pace is right now, Pete, but, I mean... Not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And, and 70 wins, you know, is it, it might be tough depending on how they play, you know, in the last two months of the season. The schedule's rough, too. Like, they're loaded up with, yeah, with a they've lot got of teams the second that are good. Toughest, yeah. They've got the second toughest schedule remaining, I saw yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, them and Bravos the are coming now. You know, Bravos next. Yeah. Padres, then Dodgers, right? So, oh, jeez. Jeez. My God. Braves, Padres, Dodgers. That's the week ahead for them? It is. Oof. Don't you worry about it. I mean, they're not, yeah. they're not a, a show sponsor, but I've just uh, put my subscription into LaithwaitesWines.com <laughs> uh, in advance of that week. It is going to be boozy, <laughs> no doubt. Um, th- I mean, when we kind of strip it back, we get to the end of the year. Let's say they win 68, 69, 70 Ooh. games, whatever it is, right? It's going to be way below par. They Like to your point earlier, they can't run it back. You can't run this back. So mm-hmm. what's going to change? Like, I mean, this is the, the half the problem, though. Yeah, they're locked into Avi. They're locked into Soler. You know, the pitching is the pitching. You know, where do they go? Like, I, I, I feel know. like they're kind of blocking themselves as well. I That's don't know. The thing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're keeping all around all these vets that aren't going to be around for long term. You no. know, uh, and until Lade and you know all these guys got called up, there was one guy in the lineup. I mean, there is still one guy on the team. He's hurt right now. That you know. In the lineup, not in the, not on the rotation, obviously. In the lineup, there's one player that's been grown internally that you know for sure is going to could be a staple, you know, depending on contract situation, right? Could be a staple of this team for the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. One guy in year five of the rebuild. This shocking, isn't it? That's all there is to say. There's it one is. I guy. Know. I, know. I know. And 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 um, yeah. I mean. It's uh, you know I don't I don't know what changes I don't know if anything will change and uh, you have to look at this as just I wrote an article a while back Pete this was already I don't know this was June probably May and I and I wrote an article and I said the Marlins are the one thing they couldn't be this year and it is the same they're the same that they were last year mm-hmm. and it's the one thing they couldn't be and here they are they're gonna win seventy games probably and uh, oof. Yeah. Top, top 10 pick. I saw you last night hoping for the draft lottery, you know. That's where they are. Again, it's it's they held on a little longer this time. They held on till June or July. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I I was in vacation uh visiting my girlfriend in the Jersey Shore last weekend. And I took about I was there Wednesday to Saturday. And I come back on Sunday to go to work and the Marlins are on and I look at the standings and they're 10 under. And I'm like, what the hell? How the hell did that happen? <laughs> when did, where did that come from? They were one on. They were a game under five. You know, not long ago, they were three, I four know. games five, under five hundred. Uh, and it seemed, you know, they they got close. I, I did they get back to five hundred at any point? No. Maybe like early in the season, they got within one game of five hundred. I remember like two or three times, mm. and every time, they just couldn't clear that hump. 
And I don't know if it's a mental block or what, because the, you know, look at what the Orioles have done since they finally got over 500. Now here are the Marlins. So it is, it's, it is so funny. And I remember Garrett Cooper talking about it with Jeremy Tashe on his pod. The fact that they seem to keep getting just a game below 500 and then go on a terrible skid. Like it just seems to be the way this team's built. This team feels. I mean, we had the same last year. It was coming off the back of, you know, the 2020, but the postseason run, 2021, you know, all the injuries and the roster depth and blah, 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 and those problems. I mean, we do have to hold our hands up that, you know, they had a ton of injuries that did kind of drop in all at a similar time. Um, Mm. But in general, I don't think this team was going anywhere. Like, I think... Like no. they, they were already like I could see it yep. in the first week of the year. To be honest with you, I saw people on Marlins Twitter after Game Two with mm-hmm. a white flag emoji, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm all in on the white flag." Like, it feels yeah. like that. Like you could sense there just wasn't when Javi Garcia's first nine at bats were ground outs to third base or something. We knew it. Yeah, you're we just knew thinking. it there and then. Okay, here it is. This is what this is how it's going to be. You I know. think we all felt it, didn't we? Like we all collectively yeah. after that first series in San Francisco, we we're like, I was oh, holding boy. on hope and. And then, you know, and then what were they? They were like three and uh, I can't even remember. They were, they had such a torrid start mm. and um, you're just thinking, oh, here we go again, mm. you know, and then they, and then they got hot. They won seven in a row. They won seven in a row again later. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, exactly. They, they haven't they been, been able to get off the ground other than that, really. No, they haven't. All right. A couple of quick fires on yeah. guys specifically. And I just want to get you to take kind of almost yes or no. Um, Pablo Lopez. With the Marlins on opening day in 2023. Yes. Miguel yes. Rojas with mm. the Marlins opening day 23. I'm going to say yes, but not as a starter. Okay. Brian Anderson. I mean, if he's healthy, he probably should have been gone at the deadline, Pete. Mm-hmm. Um I say they make he's got one more year of control, right? Or is he a free agent after this year? He's final year of ARB approaching now, so... Okay, I think he's moved. Moved, okay. Yeah, I think he's gone. Lewin Diaz? <laughs> <laughs> this is the funniest question ever, Pete, because they got an option on Aguilar. Cooper, I don't think they want to move, really. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do. Uh, I think it would be best if he's gone for him. Me too. Not for the Marlins, but for him, I think it's best if he's gone. Me too. Jesus Sanchez? Ask me in September. Mm. We'll see how he does in Jacksonville. But another one, I think it might be best if he's gone. I don't know. I, I think he's in the Marlins organization on opening day next year. Okay. Okay. And starting catcher, opening day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you got to give Jacob Stallings another chance because I don't really think this is the player that he is. Um, so I think you start Jacob Stallings. You start Jacob Stallings and Nick Fortes on the opening day roster, give it about a month, and whoever is the best after a month you, is the starting catcher for the rest of the year. Let's see how it goes. All right, that is us done for Locked On Marlins post-game on a Thursday. Uh, the Marlins have won. You wouldn't have guessed. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't have known <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have known to listen to this episode but like you said we wanted to kind of get into big things the marlins they did win and, and you know listen bladay's showing some signs of life it's been you know you know it's been interesting no doubt burdick's hit a couple of extra base hits and a bomb obviously 
uh, LeBlanc or LeBlanc, however you pronounce his surname, he continues to rake. You know, there's things to enjoy and watch. I loved watching Eddie Cabrera in action today. To me, yeah, that I'm watching great. Eddie. Let's let's find let's finish up on Eddie Cabrera though, mate. Because for me, I was yeah. watching it today, and like, there's Sandy 2.0 there somewhere. Like, you know, I know the health is a problem, but when I watch Eddie and I think back mm. to what Sandy was like, because we take it for granted what Sandy is now, but we forget what Sandy was like in 2018, and we all watched yep. him then. He reminds me a lot, a lot of Sandy. Yes, yeah, it really I'm, does, doesn't he? A hundred percent. 100%. I've said that all along, you know, with his first few starts last year, same yeah. thing, low strikeout, good stuff, a lot of walks, unconventional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to piece it together. Pete, if they can throw a starting rotation out there of Sandy Alcantara, pa- Pablo Lopez, Jesus Lazardo, Edward Cabrera, and then some combination of Sixto Sanchez, LOL, uh, uh, Trevor Rogers, yeah, or or somebody else. Braxy. I guess they can't do. I guess they can't do Max Meyer, though. Jake, I'm Eater. sure they Jake would Eater love to be back on on opening day. Yeah, on opening day, they're not. I don't think they're going to start Eater right away. But no, Bra- no. How, Braxton Garrett, how can Braxy, I forget baby. Braxton Garrett? He's been great. He's been great for them. So yes. if that's the opening day rotation next year, Pete, that's really good. <laughs> that's really yeah. good. All you need is a couple. They're, they're still in this position where if they're just aggressive, if they get out of their own way. And they go out and get a couple guys, they could still be a pretty good team next year. It's just how aggressive are they going to be? It's up to them. It's entirely up to them. Really is. Really is. I'm very intrigued. And, and on Eddie, on Eddie, ahead. he's great. He's going to be great. I mean, he is a stud. And um, yeah, they've got they've they've still got it together in the rotation. So at least they've got that going for them. No doubt about it. Tons of arms. Continue to be tons of arms knocking around. Um, we're out of time for Lockdown Marlins on Thursday. Ethan, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? If they're not watching and they've got the graphics to help them, where can they find you on Twitter? Equally, please let everyone know what it is you're working on now because you've kind of broadened your horizons now outside of yeah. just Fish Stripes coverage and just for the Marlins. So please share what you're up to. Yeah, so uh, right now I'm at WSVN, Channel 7 here in Miami uh, as an associate sports producer, really uh, enjoying that. Um, of course, I'm always uh, helping out just baseball. Haven't been doing as much writing, just been crazy busy, but uh, helping out with social media there. Me and my guy, Elijah Evans, shout out to him. He really deserves a lot of love. He um, has been carrying the load uh, while I've been busy here on the Just Baseball Twitter. Um, so Just Baseball Media, you know, we're doing some really amazing stuff over there. So uh, shout out to those guys. And then, yeah, you can find me at Ethan Madowski. Marlins, Heat, Dolphins, Panthers, Gators, PSG, uh, <laughs> Formula One, any type of cover, any type of sports that you're looking for, uh, hit me up over there and uh, we'll be able to talk it out. So, Pete, it was really great being back. Thanks for having me. Long time, well overdue. And also, what you did sh- uh, share in that episode then as well is you are coming back in September. You've already said you'll ask me again in September. So yeah, sounds good to me. We're sounds queued good up. Me. We're queued up, brother. Um, all right, guys, that is us done. Thursday episode, Peter Pratt, Ethan Badowski signing out. And we are going to be back tomorrow, of course, because, guys, reminder this is a daily podcast. It's your team every day. I'll be back tomorrow. And I've got Riley's Rakes already queued up for a Marlins Brave series preview. So look forward to that one, guys. In the meantime, Relax, have a glass of wine, and enjoy a Marlins win. Back tomorrow.